every day brings us closer. Closer to the moment when the next generation of NFL stars learn their destiny. And franchises try to lay the foundation for the next dynasty. With the first pick. This is First Draft. Now alongside NFL Draft Insiders Mel Kuyper Jr. and Todd McShay, here's Chris Brown. Welcome to First Draft, the first edition post-playoff uh, championship. We don't call it a title game anymore. You have to call it playoff. you got to stay on brand. Alabama did it again. How many guys are they going to send to the NFL? A bunch. Georgia, a bunch. Mel, what did you see last night? I'm here with Mel and Todd. I'm Chris Sprout. I gotta get into the rhythm of things. Yeah, Already a mess. You, <laughs> not sleeping much, Todd. You have a Mel, kid, and now you, you can't even host. Yeah, it's first thirty. I mean, we're just we're getting back in the in the swing. We got to kind of reintroduce this thing, get everyone excited. Right. This is a podcast about yes. the NFL draft. We talk about college football players that are going to become NFL football players, and we have Todd McShay and Mel Kuyper to do it. Mel, what did you see last night? Who stood out? Well, the guy you thought was going to stand out was Sony Michelle. He's unfortunately they didn't want to give him the ball. He He's wanted good. everybody else in the game but Sony Michelle, which I thought was kind of, uh, you know, mind boggling to me and made you scratch your head. But I think we look at Deron Payne all year, what he meant to that defense up front being so disruptive. He was a 23 on the big board going in. And again, Rashawn Evans, we knew would be a guy coming off that unbelievable performance against Clemson. Uh, Rashawn Evans, we know is a top guy. It was a given. Calvin Ridley, if you finally get a quarterback and get him the ball, you can see what kind of job he can do. They weren't so even trying Alabama, to throw him the ball and he, and he still got a touchdown to were, tie the game. There were two yeah. good Ridleys last night. Yeah, yeah, no, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. And I think when you look at it, Georgia, Roquan Smith again all year has been their ringleader and then a guy that's been a heck of a defensive player. And I think when you look at the offensive side again, Sony Michelle Todd, it shocked me. And I told Sproul this, it shocked me that at critical juncture to that game Sony Michelle was not on the field I know I, mean, I, I actually went back and looked this morning he had 14 carries which is more than he normally does but it didn't it felt like it was front-loaded didn't it I mean yeah he, they went he, away from him in the fourth it was like they, they said everybody gets too. the same amount of carries I mean he runs for 100 yards and he clearly has it's the speed and the burst that's allowing him to have success against an Alabama defense it's big and physical and was taking away everything in the inside and he was the only guy, really, him and Hardman, who has speed as a return mm-hmm. specialist. Number six, yeah. And kind of the offensive weapon. Uh, I, I, it, it really surprised me. And I, you know what? The more I studied it, especially leading up to the, the college football playoff, the Rose Bowl, and then this game, I think Nick Chubb's going to be a good back in the NFL. I would take Sony Michelle over him. I, I think Sony Michelle has got a chance to be a top 40, top 50 pick and probably one of the top three, four running backs taken in this class. And he can catch the ball. Don't be, don't, he didn't have a catch in this game. I think he had nine catches the whole season or it was nine going into the Rose Bowl, whatever it was. Uh, but this is a guy who can catch the ball early in his career. They used to put him in the slot and have him go run routes. So. And a block. And that was the yep. thing. It was a Chubb missed a block. And he was a guy certainly in the fourth quarter you thought would have helped out Fromm. Fromm played like a freshman in the fourth quarter for the most part. So, you know, uh, you know, it's just the way it was to get your best players. This is the last opportunity Michelle has to touch the football for Kirby Smart. He's moving to the NFL. So you got a guy who's your stud, who's your big time, arguably your MVP and, and playing great football at the end of the year. And you go away from him for Nick Chubb and a true freshman in Swift. You know, I always think it's a good litmus test. You know, if a guy looks really explosive on the field, like well, that guy pops against Alabama, he, he's yeah. really pop. Sony Michelle at times, especially I mean, in the third Leonard quarter, Leonard Fournette looks slow against Alabama, right? 
when the guy, Sony Michelle popped last night against Alabama to the point where I remember texting somebody and thinking, is this guy 85, 90 cents on the Saquon Barkley dollar? And I, I mentioned it to you this morning, Mel, I'd, I'd, give me Sony in the second. I'd love that over, you know, spending a top five pick on Barkley. And that's not just some like anti running back early Mel Kuyper rant. Sony Michelle looks good. Yeah, and I think the thing is, and I don't want to go too much off subject of the draft, but I think that the coaches in these big spots try to get a little too cute. We saw it with, with, uh, Lincoln Riley. I mean, you're down there, you got, you got a field goal by Georgia, touchdown, 25 yards, and you're the, the winner of that game. And uh, Baker Mayfield and Rodney Anderson, the two key guys, you're giving it to guys that haven't even touched the ball the whole game on two different occasions in that overtime, first and second overtime. So I still sometimes wonder, coaches get too cute for their own good. I still wonder if something was wrong with Baker. And I was there, I was on the field. I yeah, saw that one hit was, was, yeah. Was, he Stung him. It he definitely shook stung it off. him. He shook yeah. it off, and he he got you know he became rah rah Baker again, and was getting everyone fired up. But it, he just he didn't seem right. He was missing. He missed a couple throws right. in that game that he normally doesn't miss. And it, I don't know. I, I just wonder if Lincoln looked at him and kind of over time started to realize, you know what, he, he's he's not fully there. Or, How about Rodney Anderson? They couldn't stop yet. Yeah, he he yards. got knocked out of the game too and yeah, then had I to mean, come back in. So yeah, I, I just, yeah. you never know with the medical stuff and they'll never say anything, no. but, but that would be the, an, you give an understandable guys have, excuse. Right, two guys that have never touched the ball and touching the ball at the most critical points in the game and I thought last night yep. Georgia the same thing. There was no excuse for, for not having, I think, I think you could make an argument, the best player that Georgia had late in the year was Sony Michelle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he really looked at I thought I thought the difference I thought there was a clear difference mm-hmm. between him and Chubb. I thought it wasn't night and day, but it was, it was, it was clear. Michelle had more pop. He was able to create against Alabama, which again I think is a litmus test. We say going, that guy pops. He going, looks really good. Going back to you mentioned Jerron Payne. I, I mean, I guess Tua has got to be the MVP because they couldn't do anything on offense. He comes in and, and takes over. But I, I thought the best player, most dominant player, most disruptive, whatever you want to use to to describe it, was Payne. I mean, he had six tackles or no sacks or no tackles for loss. But that third down, mm. and when I think it was Chubb, one of the, the Georgia running backs, it was a key third and three. They handed off up the middle. He's got a full head of steam. It looks like he's going to easily get it. Boom, right into a brick wall. Yeah. The yeah, interception yep. was his pressure, yeah, forced mm-hmm. from to throw, hits the helmet, and, and the interception by 99. By uh, the way, what's with the Bama uh, linemen and their hands team? You know, know. Payne caught a pass, 99, I'm forgetting his um, name, uh, uh, picks it off last night. That was not yeah. an easy pick. All these these D linemen, man, it's unbelievable what they're able well, to the do. Well, the thing is, to, to think about what Nick Saban accomplished, yeah. and I said this back in August, if he got this team to the Final Four, let alone a national title, was the best coaching job in his career to overcome 36 sacks lost to the NFL, Mel, all he, the guys that were banged he's never up. Had more, it, he's never had more players drafted in the NFL. Think about how many players and how many yeah. great classes. Ten guys drafted, seven in the first two rounds, and and loses Lane Kiffin, who is one of the better offensive minds, and and just they don't they don't skip a beat. And Todd, in that game last night, they didn't have Anthony Jennings. He got hurt in the last yep. two minutes of the, of the prior game against Clemson. So yep. one of their best pass rushers, if not their best, not playing in this game at all. Lester Cotton, starting guard, not playing at all. Jonah Williams, left tackle, gets hurt. They have to put a true freshman, Alex Leatherwood, in. So at the end of the game, you're talking about a true freshman quarterback, a true freshman running back, and a true freshman left tackle being key entities, and a true freshman receiver catches the winning touchdown and, best. And for the Four first, true freshmen keyed that win. And for the first time in Saban's really tenure at Alabama, he goes into the season next year potentially having a 
massive difference maker at quarterback. That team mm-hmm. could be scary. And then, yeah, they'll probably lose another nine, ten guys to the NFL draft and just keep keep rolling. The only area is the secondary. He recruited a lot of DBs, but that secondary, Todd and Chris, gets completely yeah, wiped you're right. out. You're right. It does, but you know what? We've seen it. We saw it at Ohio State the last couple of years. These teams and these and these recruits, they see, oh, there's a five-star on his way out. I'll go take Eli Apple's job. These guys see it, and yeah, some of these teams lose. are recruited yeah, yeah, to these right. spots really right. well. You're right, but but Avert's Avert's very underrated in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I mean, he he continued to play really well yeah. in the playoff. Minka Fitzpatrick actually didn't. He wasn't a huge impact player. He had a little bit of a you know the the injury and, and wasn't a hundred percent. But uh, but he's going to be a top ten draft pick. Yep, Ronnie Harrison. Ronnie Harrison's going to be in the first couple of rounds, and then you've got the other two corners. Tony Brown is kind of a nickel guy, right. who should be a, a day three pick and um thirty nine. Uh, Levi Wallace. Yeah, Levi Wallace, one. who's already and Hootie jo- accepted and Hootie an invitation. Jones is gone. Accepted right. an invitation to the Senior Bowl, too. Yeah, and then Hootie Jones is safe. So, I mean, you're talking about everybody that played in that secondary just about is is gone. Yep. Well, guys, we, we, we took a look at the national championship game. A ton of talent there and a ton that will be back next year. Let's take a look at the NFL draft. We're really getting things kicked off here. Kuyper's got his first mock draft out, what, six days from now, Mel? Six They're kind days. of calling in there. You're coming up here, They're calling in the I'm Marines. Coming, it's going to be the 18th, no. the 18th of January. Yeah, Todd will be there, I believe. 18th, Todd, right? Yeah. You're going to be there for thanks, that. Thanks, Mel. Extravaganza. But why is know, it when I, I have a, a mock draft, you get to stay in the compound? When when you have one, we have to we have to come down and do a, a two hour event we show. Gotta, we got to work that out. But higher, uh, Todd, higher we powers got, have more to say than I do. Yeah, we I got so. a we got a pretty loaded up uh, quarterback wise in terms of how it's been. We got a really interesting Senior Bowl this year. Obviously, the combine. We have a great senior bowl this year. We've it's, had, it's, it's legit for like the last three years. It's been hey, these quarterbacks have wised up. I call it the AJ McCarron mistake that's yep. going to save a lot of guys. Jimmy Phil Garoppolo, calls, man, you got Jimmy Garoppolo. Yes. So you know uh, the the quarterback situation. The combine's great, guys. I want to take the you know get back. Josh to 5, Allen's 000. going right. Yep, Allen's going. Allen and Baker's Baker going. Mayfield. Baker's like Mason all right, Rudolph. man. I'll go shake some Mason hands. Rudolph. Yeah. Yep. But anyway, it's going to be a great Senior Bowl. Let's get things kicked off now. We Since the last time we did this, over a month ago, now we have a clear draft order. Now we have a whole bunch of quarterbacks officially declared. I just kind of want to take the 1,000-foot view. Mel, you can get us started off. Are the Cleveland Browns in a no-lose situation? Just way too early predictions for this draft. Does it have to be? A combination of Darnold and Barkley, or Darnold and Chubb. Like, what are you thinking of if you are if you're this team at one and four? I know we're a million miles away from the draft, but just getting this draft season set up here, Cleveland style, where they're doing parades because they're zero sixteen. What are you thinking? Yeah. There's a lot of variables before we even get to the draft on April yeah. 26th. They're going to have to play out as far as Kirk Cousins, what happens with him, Alex Smith with Patrick Mahomes now waiting in the more wings. Quarterbacks they, they, on the. Uh, up for free agency or trade. It could be and Alex yeah. Smith yeah. and Sam Darnold. Yeah. I'm yeah, just wondering. Really, there's a lot of variables that are going to go play in, in play as opposed to just what the draft is going to lead to April 26th. By then, we'll have a lot of answers. Here, we really don't know. But I want, yeah, obviously quarterback and running back could be looking good for the Browns. Crowell's a free agent. Uh, Barkley's a heck of a player. And certainly the quarterbacks. Rosen's already said that, hey, Cleveland's not going to be his spot. John Dorsey's the new GM. Why would you say that? I don't know. Rosen's not, I don't think, dealing from a position of strength after coming off two injury plague seasons, but he has the right to say what he wants. Now, Darnold, 
underwhelming again. And I, I don't, Todd, Darnold bothers me because he's falling into some bad habits and you can blame it on the line that holding the ball out with one hand like a loaf of bread instead of two hands on the football when you're maneuvering in the pocket leads to turnovers and accuracy, just bad decisions. I mean, Darnold's a rough evaluation. Rosen as well because of the two injuries. Josh Allen because of the accuracy issues and the lowest completion percentage Rosen of any quarterback of injuries, to start. Injuries yeah, I, and, and good luck getting people that are Singing his praises. Yeah. You mentioned Garoppolo. That's the best move that the 49, any team in the league made was getting Garoppolo. So John Lynch and Kyle Shanahan don't have to worry about evaluating all these quarterbacks. I, I said it draft. 10 times to you, Mel. I, I would have given away the, both of my first round picks if I was Cleveland. Mm-hmm. And I know that it's a unique situation and it sounds like Belichick made a decision that he did he him wa- a solid. He, well, he did him a solid. <laughs> he wanted to send him somewhere. Yeah. They needed a quarterback where there was stability in place and there was a coach that could actually continue to coach him and, and do right by him rather than giving him away to the highest bidder. So, and, Todd, your GM, though, of the Browns, is there any way possible, I don't care if you get Alex Smith or if you get Kirk Cousins, is there any way possible we get to number five and you have had two picks and you haven't taken a quarterback? After all these misses, the Wentz, the I'm Watson, all, I, I mean, is there I, any I just, way? If I'm Jacksonville... Or a team like that, then then Kirk Cousins and Alex Smith look very appealing to me, right? Because we are so good everywhere else. If I'm Cleveland, what the hell is Kirk Cousins or, or Alex Smith? What what is that doing for me? Right. I mean, so we can just toil in mediocrity for a long time. I, I'm I've got to take a shot on one of these young guys, and I've got to. They they've got tough decisions to make because does Sam does he have small hands? That's a big that's a big deal. It's a big and, deal. And especially in that market, and there are a lot of people that think he might, because just based off of looking at, you know, just watching on They've television. They've got talented running backs with fumbling issues, and it's cost them. Right. And, and, and he's had, he's had ball mm-hmm. security issues. Now, the interceptions thing, listen, you know, Dan, what was Marino had 25. Matt Ryan, his senior year, had 19. I mean, you can go over the list. Andrew Luck had a whole bunch. It's not necessarily Dennis. the interceptions as much as it, as it is. It, did he fall into bad habits, as you're talking about? And has he lost, you know, by losing trust in his, his uh, protection this past year? Is that going to be something that creeps back in? So he, whoever gets him has to be able to coach him. They have to coach him to get both hands on the ball. And it's well, co- they were both on the field, Todd, Rosen and Darnold. Who looked better? Rosen, no question. By a mile. It wasn't okay. even close. And, By and, a mile. And he is, and he is clearly, clearly... The more NFL ready and more NFL polished pocket passer. Darnold has a chance to be better. And Darnold has the intangibles that you look for. And guys will run through a wall for Darnold. That's not, the same things aren't being said about Rosen. And, as, and as we get through the process more, I, I just need more information. Because every scout I talk to, it's negative, negative, negative about the intangibles with Rosen. But I want to dig deeper. And I think that's, that's going to be a huge part of this process. Because I, I just you can't take anything at surface level, and scouts start to get angry at the end of the year. They've been on the road too long. They miss their kids. Some of them miss their <laughs> wives. Uh, and I, I think you, you just we've got to see as it goes. Maybe he's just a, a what's the word I want to use that I can use. Maybe he's just got some jerk to him, and that that can be good because so does Brady. Well, I'll say what's say quirky. Yeah, he, quirky's better than jerk. But but you have to have a little bit. But jerk's not far from turd. Yeah, yeah but, but even Todd, even no, Todd, Aaron, Aaron Rodgers right. has got a lot of jerk to all him. All right, let's go on top of all the things that were said and you know, we've heard about Josh Rosen to come out and say, "I don't want to be in Cleveland." Right? Did that bother you a little bit? Why now? Do yeah. it. Why do it in the that? back room? Well, Have your agent. Do that's it. the whole thing. It's not. It's not that he said it. 
It's that you know everyone's waiting for you to say something say something off the cuff and something that's going to get attention because you're Josh Rosen and you you as a freshman brought a whatever it was a jacuzzi into your dorm room and you we made all, all these comments on Twitter and you've been controversial. So you know the next the next time you say something like that, it's gonna it's gonna add to the resume. It sounded arrogant. Well, it, for a kid well, who's so he smart, he's it. not that self aware sometimes. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's what it sounded like to me. Arrogance because it's you're arrogance not in a position and la- to and be lack that of way. self-awareness. If you were Andrew Luck and you're the lock, stock, and barrel number one guy, then hey, make your comments, okay? You come off a year where you weren't even able to play after 32 days in concussion protocol, after having another concussion and a shoulder surgery, and you're going to be talk- demand- talking about who you'll play for and who you won't. I thought it was out of line. I think this is going to be the hardest four months of, of evaluating that I've ever been a part of. Jameis was not easy because. Well, let me go to Josh Allen, Todd. Give me your. Here's a guy. Fifty. Every single one of these guys. It's oh my god. There's so who, much great. Who's the oh most my physically god, I don't gifted? Know. He's going to be a bust. Who's the most physically gifted of all the quarterbacks? Josh Allen. Eaton, exactly. No, I mean, we're all saying the same things. It's not. We're not recreating. But what do you anything. do though? Somebody's got to make a pick here, Todd. Who's take? Who's going to have the confidence to take these guys and say he's guaranteed to be our guy for the next X amount of years, or or in five years from now? Five years from now, are all three of these guys, and forget Mayfield and Rudolph and all the others, but are these three, Allen, Rosen, and Darnold, five years from now, are they going to be good to very good to great starting quarterbacks? Are any of these three going to be a bust? Statistically, yes. It's a guarantee. No, I don't care about statistics. I'm saying, but do you think right now that one of the three will be? The cliche answer is it depends on where they land and who they're with in the supporting cast, and you know what? The cliche is a cliche because it's it's real. However, I think this year, more so than most years, it's not going to be about, uh, we'll just take this, this, he's the top quarterback or he's one of the t- two top quarterbacks. We'll take either one if they get there. It's going to be about the specific traits, what we want to do as an organization, what we believe in at the quarterback position. Do we really think, and some teams will lie to themselves and think they can develop a quarterback while others actually can. And I think that's going to be critical to how it all plays out. If Josh Allen winds up in Cleveland, he's screwed. It's just like he needs proper development, care. He needs to learn, you know, mechanically how to be more consistent. He needs to cut down on mistakes. He needs to take some of the gunslinger out of him. He needs to go to a place. What that- if he ends up there and Alex Smith is in front of him? He gets the Mahomes treatment, essentially. I think a Mahomes treatment is perfect for him. I think it's good for everybody in this class. Really. Uh, well, Rosen, I don't think, needs it. Rosen, Rosen needs to go to a place where there's more of a strong veteran presence and and kind of leadership in place and people, a defensive line that's going to knock it out of them. So let's let's uh, let's uh, spin there. The number two, the question I was going to ask, Rosen seems like he's trying to write his ticket to take over for Eli Manning. You're the Giants. You have Odell Beckham. You have Shepard. I mean, you have some pieces in place. Are you comfortable with that? Or are you worried about this kid, well, we this decide, city? I've got to decide first on Eli Manning. On, on what what our plan is for Eli Manning. Right. Right, Mel? Who, I mean, who, was, who, who was Eli Manning's biggest supporter coming out of college? The guy that dad. made him the pick. Ernie Acorsi. Yeah. Ernie Acorsi. Who, who keyed the hiring of Dave Gettleman? 
Ernie Acorsi. Ernie Acorsi. Right. It's, it's all of a sudden Dave Gettleman going to jettison the quarterback that Ernie Acorsi brought in, won two Super Bowls, and is the biggest supporter of. When you can keep Eli and allow a young quarterback to not have that instantaneous pressure on him, as you said Alex Smith would do for a, another quarterback, that Eli Manning could do for a Josh Rosen in New York. Do you want to draft Josh Rosen in New York and say, right away, you better be our guy? Or do you want to have Eli there as kind of a just a, a bridge to your next quarterback? So then, I mean, if that's if that's the plan... And theoretically, oh, I'm just saying, do you like that plan? I think Eli's close to done. Just to be quite honest, I think he's. I, well, I think does you think more Tom so, Coughlin more, down in Jacksonville feels that way that he could say if Blake Bortles, I think, who did not I mean, look good except I running think the ball, Eli would be perfect there. I think he's got one more run in him, maybe. Right, and Tom Coughlin was with Ernie Acorsi with the whole Eli Manning thing. So you think about okay, what Dave Gettleman can say is, hey. I'm sending them down to his guy. I'm sending them down to Tom Coughlin to have two or three years down there in Jacksonville with that great defense. If Bortles doesn't get it done in Pittsburgh after looking not very good this past week against Buffalo, then all of a sudden, then yeah, Eli would be a good fit down there. And the Giants, the Giants are tough because it's, I mean, just think two years ago. I mean, real, two years ago, they were like they finally put it all together. They yep. were continue to up, upgrade their offensive line, which finally after nobody about, saw this coming. Right, we knew Eric Flowers wasn't great on the back. I mean, we 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 knew there were holes, but nobody saw this disaster. Right. And, and, and there's just there always seems to be some turmoil going on and yep. distractions. And but to me, going to a place where you can make one last run, kind of like Peyton did, you know, in, in Denver. Maybe two more years, something like that. That makes sense. But with this team, I just don't see the Giants with Eli and, and the current cast of characters around him. I just don't see it working for another legitimate Super Bowl run. I would move on. I would try to get some value for him, move him on, and and bring in a young quarterback. And if if Eli's not there, then it would be Rosen if Darnold's off the board. Yeah, and I thought Eli for Denver too would be would make sense, but yep. certainly Jacksonville would make, make the most sense. And it is pretty interesting that you have a team picking second in the draft that a majority of analysts thought back in August would be a playoff team. No, and no. that doesn't happen that often, where the second pick in the draft is a team viewed not that long ago as a playoff caliber club. But this is this is why this draft season is going to be really fun. Todd has pointed out that it's going to be difficult, but I other I think it's going to be really fun because here we are, Cleveland. It's obvious they need a quarterback. Who do they take? <laughs> I don't know. Number two, the Giants. It's like who do, do we want to play Rosen with? What we've talked about right away. No. Well, four, well, like, four of those six picks, it's, four it's of the so top six obvious. picks are going to be quarterback. I mean, if you look at the top six teams picking, right. two, are, two are Cleveland. The only ones that aren't taking a quarterback is one of the Cleveland picks and the Indianapolis Colts. So Every other it. one of those picks could be a quarterback. Do this, Mel. Look at the first, what you just said, one, two, three. God bless Andrew Luck's shoulder. I don't think they're going to take a quarterback no. there, obviously. But look at that. One, two, uh, keep the Colts out of it, trade down. Four and five. Denver well, four, at five. Four is Cleveland. So Jets at six. I'm just saying every one of those could be a quarterback. Except except Indy. Well, Indy and then the Cleveland the Cleveland second. So Todd, tell me this of all of those, what is your like best case scenario? I mean the Jets have this habit of having Le- Leonard Williams and Jamal Adams fall to them at six. Maybe by some miracle Sam Darnold or Josh Rosen's there. Who knows? It's early. Yeah, I just the interesting one is to me is going to be Josh Allen. I mean, right. I, I just think Rosen and Darnold are, are going to go. Mel, I mean, mm-hmm. we can talk about it all we want. Teams are going to be skeptical. Maybe he, Rosen falls a you know, spot. Maybe the Giants go a different direction. He falls a couple spots down. But I, I think both of those guys are off the board in the top five. Where does Allen go? Is is the tough one for me. I, I 
my guess is as we get through the process and people are around them more, teams there's going to be a couple teams that fall in love with them. And, and maybe it's not a team up there. Maybe it's like last year. We saw Kansas City come flying up. Houston come flying up to go get the guys that they wanted. And you, you look down the line. I mean, you're looking at the at the list right now. I mean, there's some teams that are sitting in the in the teens. Arizona's a team. Yep. What are they picking? I thought they picked 15. Miami thought, at 11 yeah. is a team where you can't completely. I mean, Matt Moore was better at times. Than I can tell Daniel. you. I, I can mean, tell you for a fact you cannot. The Bengals completely. at 12. Can we really put them out of the picture? I mean, last year's draft in a nutshell is kind of what we think. You think you have yeah. an established guy that's just okay, Alex Smith? Boop. You never know. Yeah, Alex Smith looked like the good fit for Arizona to me. Just so they, that looks like a team that, that could maybe a 15 go for Alex Smith. The Denver Broncos and John, John Elway was on the sidelines, Todd and Chris, for the bowl game against Central Michigan for Josh Allen. And he looked really good in that game, coming back from all that time away. He lost two games when he was out with that shoulder injury. Elway's on the sidelines for that game with Josh Allen. And he did play well. Of all the quarterbacks, he played the best in the bowl game. The last we saw of the quarterbacks, the best performance was by Josh Allen. Yeah, I mean, it, it is amazing because we mentioned the Bengals at 12. There's no long-term certainty uh, with you know with Andy Dalton. The Redskins at 13, there's no long-term certainty. Kirk Cousins has made it clear. I'll talk to you guys in March when everybody else wants to talk to me too. I mean, this year, when you think about the established guys that could be on the move, whether it's Dalton, whether it's Cousins, and then you well, know, then whether you, it's Smith, the Steelers, the Chargers with guys aging, and and I'm not saying that they're going to move up and give away a whole lot, but but now the, the second team, like the Baker Mayfields and yep. and the Mason Rudolph, about and, the Baltimore Ravens with Mason Rudolph. And by the way, you know who? A couple teams that have to draft quarterbacks too. One of them's got a guy who's going to be 41 next year and probably the MVP, and another's 39 next year. And Drew, I mean, even the teams that have the goats. With Brady and Breeze, they have to. Who's Garoppolo now? It's a good you know, year. It's it, amazing. It's a good year for all of this because because there's a lot of quarterbacks. This is as deep a class. A I mean, you, you, we really only talk about four or five of these guys, but there is a whole second, third tier of guys like the Kirk Ben Kurtz from from Virginia that I think mm-hmm. will, people will start to get to know as we go through the Senior Bowl and and, and through the Combine and the Pro Days and, and all those other events that go on pre pre draft. There's some depth here, Mel. Yeah, Mike White, Western Kentucky, has got a rocket arm. Got a guy from Richmond, Mel. Yeah, your boy. I'll I'll leave you all that. That's your guy, Todd. You can't let a spider get away there. But I I think the two most interesting quarterbacks we haven't talked about, and one's not even necessarily going to be a quarterback, but we have to talk about Baker Mayfield and Lamar Jackson. As the number, where will they go? Who could be targeting them? Is Lamar Jackson going to be looked at as a wide receiver position? It doesn't seem like he wants to play, that he wants to be a quarterback. Will somebody take Lamar Jackson, Todd McShay, in the first round of the draft as a quarterback? I don't see it, but that doesn't mean, you know, we all look at things differently. Um, he is, he's unique, man. He's tough. But, but here's the thing about Lamar Jackson. And I just say this in a, just in a, you know, if you just put together all the physical tools, if somebody looked at Patrick Mahomes and said, I see a, a first round pick, like that means in my mind that somebody might look up yeah. Lamar Jackson and say, yeah, no, I see a first no round doubt. pick. No doubt. I'm not, I'm yep. not, I'm not saying he won't. I'm saying it, I, I don't. I don't view it that way. If Tim Tebow can be a first Lamar Jackson. No doubt. You guys, I mean, these are all the points I'm, I was, if I was e. trying to get to. Can be you guys asked me a question. I can't Lamar finish Jackson a can be freaking a first. sentence. Christian Ponder could be a first Lamar Jackson. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he goes in the first, Todd. I you think do? somebody takes him in the late first. I, I, just I think, think he, the big key for him is going to be interviews 
And, and pro and, and the pro day throwing against throw, we we always say Todd throwing against air is not important. I want to see Lamar Jackson throw against air because yeah, to me that's that pro day of Lamar yeah, Jackson probably more is so probably going to be the most personal, critical one we've seen in a long time. Probably the more the, like the individual workouts where they they can get him out of his comfort zone and, and really see his true accuracy and all that. But yeah, I I think for him this process is going to be really big to see how quickly does he pick things up, how advanced is he, mm-hmm. uh, can he. Can he go through that whole thing, you know, on the board? Where is he with, with picking, understanding schemes? And then on the field, he clearly has a mechanical deficiency and he misses high a lot and he's, he's got to work on his mechanics. But if he gets with the right coach over time, I, I, it's not like a complete rebuild by any stretch. He just has to become more consistent. And I, I saw some improvement this year. He was a little more patient in the pocket, but he's got a lot of developing to do. But, God only makes a few athletes like this. You know, right. I mean, I, I, Michael Vick is the last guy I, I've seen that has his kind of just different level explosiveness. And so I, it, it will not shock me at all if he winds up in the first round. But I, I think he's probably a better fit in day two because you're you're drafting a guy who could possibly be a backup and could possibly even have a position change. I know I'm gonna, I get yelled at every time I say it. I don't. There's nothing to it. I just I think he's too explosive to keep off the field if he doesn't work out as a uh, quarterback. But I would absolutely work at making him my quarterback if I were to draft him in the first few rounds. Just counting, just as I go through the draft order, but this is how nuts this draft season could be as we're talking about these guys. I count in the first 15 picks. Let's go through this. Cleveland, obvious. Young quarterback. New York Giants, obvious. We'll leave the Colts out of it. Denver Broncos, in the market. New York Jets, in the market. We'll leave the Bucks with Winston and the Bears with uh, Trubisky out of it. Then, San Francisco 49ers, we'll leave them out of it. We assume that gets done. But then you get to this whole mid-level group of guys where you don't know. The Miami Dolphins are certainly not out of the quarterback mix, given now a two-year stretch of health issues for their starter and uncertainty. The Cincinnati Bengals, uncertainty. The Washington Redskins, uncertainty. Packers, we know they got their guy. But then you get to 15, Arizona Cardinals. So I count eight or nine of the top 15 picks where you could say they don't just need a quarterback. Arguably, they need a younger guy in there to develop. I mean, it's going to be a wild draft. And, and that's, again, th- without or three all of those, this stuff. And even if two or three of those wind up solving it in free agency, that means two or three other teams let them let their guy go right. and have to fill their spot. So it's it's gonna be fun. It's gonna be it's gonna be fun. It's it's gonna be tough because there's no with this group there like the answers aren't gonna change. You know what I mean? Right. I think as we go through and watch a little more tape, maybe some things will become but I've watched enough on the on Rosen and Darnold. I, I know who they are physically. Right. And right, I know let me, what, ask, let, let me ask this question. Yes guys. sir. You know, as I'm going to be doing a mock draft, we'll be up there in Connecticut, Todd, on, on January 18th, 7 to 9. It's a Sports Center special. You and I will be there and you'll be ripping my first round picks. But I'm going to have a promote, couple, promote. De- I'm going to have a couple defensive players in there because you can't have all quarterbacks. The defensive players I would have, Todd, and you tell me who your guys are. Bradley Chubb, defensive end, NC State, Minka Fitzpatrick, the versatile DB from Alabama, are the two defensive players, or the two other players, other than quarterbacks, are at the top of the board. Who else would you throw into that mix? Derwin. I don't think you have to throw anyone in. Like right there at the top. I, I think some of the next guys are, yeah, Derwin James. I'm not. Eh, I need to watch more tape on Derwin. Let's put it that way. Arden Key has all the ability, but concerns. 
Um, is it Cleveland Farrell? Cleveland, Cleveland Farrell. Cleveland. Den- Sorry. Uh, yeah, get it right, man. Den- <laughs> draft season. First first draft. Uh, Denzel Ward, corner, will, I think, will be the first corner off the board. I like the kid from Central Florida, too, uh, Mike Hughes. Mm-hmm. He can play. Would you put, hey, Todd, would you put Roquan up there? Would you put Roquan Smith up there? Yeah, would I, you put Rashawn Evans up there? I think Smith is going to be a top 20, top 25 pick. What do you want me to do your mock for you? I mean, no, I'm just saying. I'm just asking questions. I know who I'm putting. No, I, 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 I just watched a bunch guys... more on, uh, on Alabama's defense, and, and the more I watch, the more I like Evans. I, you know, may, maybe he's late. First, maybe he's early second, but oh, I think, he's not getting in the second time. Yeah, well, yeah. I, I was just gonna say, I wherever you want to take him, I think this guy's gonna be a really good starting linebacker. He got better and better almost every game. I mean, just he became that alpha dog that Saban always has, and, and it seemed like they were missing early in the year. He's getting everyone in position. He's the first guy reading plays. He's he's fast too. He's good size, but. The dude can run. He's and, got an attitude. He's got a football attitude. He does, and, and he yeah. can rush the passer. He's I versatile. Gotta, yeah, he he put he made the right tackle for Clemson into a turnstile. I mean, with a spin move he gave him, it kind of reminds me of um, Hightower. Remember Dante High, Hightower was he played just kind of a different role, but they ru- started rushing him late in his career at Alabama, and and New England has taken advantage of of what they saw on tape and used him in, in that versatility. I think Evans has some of that versatility that you don't see a lot from inside linebackers. Mel, you know, just before we hit the mail, a couple mm-hmm. other big themes in this draft right. uh, you guys are going to hit on now. There's Saquon, but there's a whole bunch of guys. You know, we talked about Sony Michelle, what we saw from him last night. Guys, there's a ton of running backs in this draft, and it's kind of this this classic dilemma. We keep seeing, if you take a running back early, Leonard Fournette, Ezekiel Elliott. He's probably pretty damn good. I think there's but one of those. But if you take one in the second or third, Hunt, Kamara, he's probably pretty damn I mean, these guys are all over. And this is another one of those years where you say, do I want Saquon now or can I get Sony later? There's one I would take in the in the first. And right. I, I've... I've, I'm like 90% there with Mel. I, I believe that there's a, a, it's not that there's an, there's bad. Ex- it's that so many others are there's right an there exception with them. to, there are exceptions to the rule and it just so happens we've had like four or five of them in the last five, six years. Right. And it's, and they've all panned out really. Gurley, um, Zeke, mm-hmm. we saw, uh, yeah, Gurley had a down year. He's yeah. basically an MVP level Fournette, candidate. Right. Year. So. Yeah. So my point is, there's there's one or two. There seem to be one or two of them the last uh, few years, and I think there's just one this year. It's Barkley, and right. to me, I, I if I have a top ten pick, I have any sort of need there. I don't need a quarterback. I don't have a specific need a defensive line, and there's a perfect fit. Then I would take Barkley. I think he's he might be the best pure football player in this class. After that, I'm waiting to the second or third round because this class is loaded, Mel, with with guys like Darius Geis, the two guys from from Georgia. The two guys from Alabama, I mean, the, the list goes on and on. Yeah, I think you look at Rashad Penny at San Diego State, Wadley yep. at Iowa. I'm not as high on Carryon Johnson-Auburn as some people may. Ronald like Jones him. at USC, Bryce Love at Stanford, Darius Geis. It is a, Mark amazing. Walton, obviously, the best player Miami had, got hurt, but Mark Walton's a heck of a back as well. Yeah, the people in Miami injury. think Mark Walton is was like the best athlete and best football player on their team he by was. far. No, I mean, you know, Mel, it's it's going to be a fascinating thing this year, and it's going to be fun, you know, for you. I mean, you've had Barkley number one on your big board, which is, again, the big board is not a prediction. The big board is a list of players and talent. Um, 
But it's going to be tricky because you know Barkley's going to go off the board if he runs. Is he he could run four three eight right? He could run four four one if he does. Forget about it. Yeah, you know he's going to be a top fifteen pick. But then yeah, the last, the last, all these guys you just listed are going to yeah. start popping off in the second, third oh. round. And every in each case, you're going to say, "Oh, I love that pick." Yeah, the last bus, last bus top five pick at running back was Trent Richardson. Since then, uh, we've had a pretty good run going. Now, Gurley didn't go into top five because he was coming off the injury, but uh, you know certainly Zeke did, and Fournette was in that top grouping. But uh, I think this year Barkley will. Would I take him again? I always say, Todd, and it's the way we both. I think we both look at it that we don't agree on much. But this, if your head coach wants him and your coordinator wants him, and his grades in line, then take him. But I'm looking at these running backs every year, and I'd rather have a running back in the second or third round than take a guy there. I just say this. I don't believe that come draft day, Todd, I don't think you or these teams, that's why I talk about the 49ers having Garoppolo. Who are these quarterbacks? And we have not discussed Baker Mayfield yet because you were big. You were like singing Baker's praises a month ago when we were up there with, with Mike Greenberg doing our draft previews. Are you still as high on Baker as you were that day? Not quite. Do you like him of the first no. half of the Rose Bowl or the second half of the Rose Bowl? Yeah, I you know. The only thing that... that concern me a little bit and and you've seen this now a couple times in his career it's not that he wasn't capable it's not that there was anything that happened in that game that that he couldn't handle I am concerned about the size and you know he's thickly built and all that but just watching him against an SEC defense it, it, very similar to what he's going to see in the NFL in terms of the size and speed and the collisions and to see him just he was shaken and it's not that it was not toughness. That I mean, he's a warrior. It's just physically, when you're that small and you're taking that big of a pounding, it can be very difficult. He's going to have to learn to protect himself better. And uh, and it, it sounded off of a little bit of an, al- an alarm. I still love the dude. I love the way he plays the game. And I think he's got a chance to be really good. I think he is going to be a value pick. But it definitely is, is something to... I'm going to go back and continue to look at all the times that he really was, took a beating and how he able, was able to perform because that's a big part of playing quarterback in the league. And I, I'm, again, not questioning toughness, just how he can handle that. Real quickly, I'm going to shift gears here on you. Your if you're a running back and you can go in the first few rounds, even four rounds, go. Get out of school. Go now. Run for the hills. Get your money because the clock is ticking. Uh, everyone else, if you're happening to be listening, listen to the advisory committee. I mean, we already have almost 90 guys who have signed up for this. Yeah. And I say this every year, and I know everyone thinks I'm a hypocrite because I promote the draft all year and we have underclass and it's just our job and we have to do it. I try to explain to everyone who asks, every player, every agent, every parent, a third of these players that are going to come out in the draft as underclassmen and leave school and probably not get their degree – are going to wind up getting undrafted. And now you are up against it in terms of the odds of making it in the NFL. And then I did a study, three years later, over 60, basically two out of every three players that comes out as an underclassman is out of the league. And now you got to go back to school and finish up that degree and then get started on your career. Just think about it. That's it. Think about it. It's, it's kind of scary where it's headed because we, we keep putting in these rules and the advisory committee now is saying first round, second round, or go back to school and it helped for a year, but we're right back up to probably over a hundred and we could set a new record for underclassmen coming out. And it's, forget about college football because part of it, yes, as a fan, I want people to go back, but mostly I, it's just, it's not good because I know that people are, these young men are pulled by 
bad influences, agents, etc. And it, you just you have to make sure that you get proper advice before you make a decision like this because it can affect the rest of your life. Yeah, practice squad money ain't going to pay the bills when you're thirty. Right, <laughs> it barely pays him now. Right, barely. It, it's it's not going to pay him when you're thirty. And Mel, what do you think? I mean, we got a couple minutes here before we hit the uh, the abundance of mail, but it just seems like there's a lot of chaos with this with this group. And the fascinating thing, you know, as you start to do mock drafts and stuff, is realizing that free agency is going to have a real big effect on this draft in terms of where quarterbacks are go, where they're valued. We rarely ever say that. We rarely go, oh, well, there's going to be four or five notable quarterback moves. If Tyrod Taylor's back in Buffalo, I don't know if they're going to look at a QB at 21 or 22. If he's not and Baker Mayfield's there, you're going, oh, man. Yeah. We got Nathan Peterman and that's it? I mean, it's amazing to think of, you know, there's a, there's a lot of calculus that's going to be done between now and then. Yeah, and I think Kirk Cousins is going to be the most fascinating of all the quarterbacks because of the money he's making and the record that they have. And Jay Gruden made that comment, it doesn't equate. And something's got to give there. And he does not want one-year deals because one-year deals aren't good for anybody. It's just like you commit. They either have to commit, he has to commit. There has to be a total commitment from both parties or move on. And I think that's going to be, if he moves on, where does he move on to? Because you're talking, still talking about a lot of money for a quarterback that still hasn't won big at the pro level. So I think that's going to be one to really keep an eye on. And I think in terms of prospects in this draft, when you talk about who finished strong, I always look at Todd because momentum doesn't matter. What you saw last does play a key factor and a key role. And that senior bowl, the combine, the pro day of Lamar Jackson. But I do think when you look at what Deron Payne and Rashawn Evans at Alabama have done and what Josh Allen did with John Elway on that field against, I granted it was Central Michigan, but it was still a bowl game. And some of these teams didn't play elite teams in bowls either. So I look from injury. Yeah, and coming back when they lost those two games that he was out, one to San Jose State, who was a bad football team this year. He comes back, they beat Central Michigan. They were seven and three with them, and then eight and three after they won their bowl game with them. Zero oh and two without him, and he comes back hurt, not a hundred percent. And two of those first, losses were were Oregon and Iowa. Yeah, early in the year when they lost, he lost five guys to the NFL. Okay, five guys: his center, his tight end, wide receiver. Everybody went and moved on. So Running he lost. Back. Yeah, yeah, Brian Hill. He lost everybody to the NFL, and you can't reload at Wyoming. So after. They got through that early stretch. He got better. And, again, the only thing that's going to hurt him, the only thing, is people are going to see in Pro Day, and I think Pro Day will be important for him, the senior bowl, is accuracy. Because you're at 56%. And I went back, Todd, and I looked at it. Every starting quarterback, Every starting quarterback in the NFL, when they came out of college, had a higher completion percentage, except Josh McCown, who was at 54.8. And if you go back to some busts, Jake Locker was at 54% bust. Kyle Bowler was at 48.8 bust. So that 56% yep. is a worrisome completion percentage pro day accuracy senior bowl accuracy is going to be important for josh allen guys let's take a quick break after that uh that was kind of a mess no but we hit a lot of quarterbacks uh we'll take a quick break here we got a stack of mail i like this we got a good reference in here guys let's uh take a quick break we will get to the hashtag first draft mail there's a whole bunch of it i like the negativity right off the top here from lon at len doggy ask is this the weakest wide receiver class since the Donnie Avery year and why? That cracks me up. Donnie Avery, if anybody remembers, was taken out of Houston. He wasn't taken until the second round by the Chiefs. And he was the first wide receiver taken in the draft. It, it reminds me of the E.J. Manuel Geno Smith <laughs> draft in terms of just like a dearth at the position. Mel, uh, there's going to be a wide receiver taken before the second round. It's not going to be as bad as the Donnie, Donnie Avery year. 
Ain't too quotes, far off. But uh, it's not too far off. Help me out here. That's a lot of ifs. Uh, you know, the guys that have Cortland Sutton, I saw some games where he didn't take over and he had some drops. Yeah, but, anytime uh, you face a good corner. Yeah, Anthony Miller, Memphis, I really like, but is he a high pick? Christian Kirk had it some some games where he looked like not a first, but a third. He had some drops. I like DJ Moore out of Maryland. I like Jordan Lastly, but there's some issues off the football field from that uh, standpoint for Lastly. There's a lot of of I think third, fourth round guys that will be pushed up into the second because they have to be. And by the way, this year's draft class or this past year's draft class, the first round was a mess. Injuries. There were four guys taken. They caught about a ball between all of them. Hey, Chris. Everybody. And we talked the the wide receiver position. The last seven years it's has been tough. a disaster. I thought we did the numbers. Fifty-six. It was fifty-six in the first Only two four rounds. Four that are elite, premier, go-to targets. Yeah, four. You want to stretch it to five max? Okay, right. max. Four to five max that are elite receivers in the NFL out of the fifty-six that were drafted in the first two rounds and the last seven years. That tells you college football throwing it all over the place and having it, hey, run here. If, if I don't see you, run there. Go there. It's not the NFL, and these guys come into the league, and they do not get it done at a high level. Well, Juju, other, Juju Smith-Schuster had a good year. Yeah, Second Cooper round Cup, pick, right? Second round pick. Cooper Cup. Right. But he's not a number one. They're not number no. ones. I'm talking about number one receivers. I think oh, it's, uh, you know, that I think it's harder than ever, Mel, to tell number one from number 20. I, we well, the guys... Combine, we look at, we see there's right. 90 guys that can run between 438 and 46 that are between, you know, 6-1 and 6-3. I mean, it's amazing. It's like you said, everybody's got four wide receivers. There's just so many. Well, of you them. go, you well, go back two years ago too, 2015. Yeah. We thought that class was so good originally. Ridiculous. Yeah. Amari Cooper's, you know, not, not playing as well. Kevin White can't stay healthy. No. Devontae Parker's not played to the level. Nelson Aguilar, Brashad Perriman. I mean, this. It's tough. Well, think about the guys that are, Todd. The only ones that everybody's listening, the ones that are, yeah, the, the, ones are uh, the ones that are A.J. Green. Julio. Julio. Odell Beckham Jr. Okay? You want to throw, uh, you know, different guys DeAndre in there. DeAndre Hopkins. You throw him. Mike Evans, I wouldn't. Okay? I not, wouldn't. Not, yeah, not consistent he's enough. Yeah. All right. So that's it. That's but it. There, but let's be on paper right now, you know, nobody's gone out and run their 429 or whatever, but I don't see a freak in this class. I don't no. see one of those guys. I see a, I see Cal, in Calvin Ridley a, a great number two and a guy who's going to be a lot better in the NFL in terms of production than college because they just could not there's get him no the ball. There's no A.J. Green, though. There's no, no, absolutely not. There's no Megatron. There's there none none. of these guys who are like, oh, there he is. That's a star. Plug him in. All right. Neil Stevenson, Neil Salmon 71, says, So many different names mentioned as the number one offensive tackle. Which Who's your number one, each of you? Uh, I think the I think Mike McGlinchey's the safest yep. because he can I'm play very, right tackle at a very elite level. Him, yeah, he played at an elite level at right tackle. He struggled some at left tackle. He's kind of the Jack Conklin of this draft. In my opinion, that's who I compared him to. I think McGlinchey's interesting for that reason. Connor Williams, Todd, I wanted to love Connor Williams, and I know he got hurt. He, he, he started and he finished it, but he struggled against Maryland <laughs> late in that game. He came back. He had some issues late in the other game. So, I, yeah. are you sold on Williams no. as an elite left tackle? No. No, I, I think he has the physical tools. I really liked his tape. I thought he was trending in that direction coming out of the 2016 season. This year, obviously, is a setback. And yeah, I, I, I got to have a really good offensive line coach, and I'm hopefully picking in the 20s, and hopefully get a, a really good value at that point. But I'm, I'm not. I'm not using a top 15 pick and, and thinking that I'm getting a plug-and-play starter by any stretch. By the way, the two of the top three we're talking about, Orlando Brown and Williams, come from a conference that produces almost no 
good starting offensive tackles and offensive linemen in the NFL, and it's scary. Hey, by the way, follow-up question here mm-hmm. from uh, at Sprow ESPN and from Bristol, Connecticut. Is this the year that we could see a guard taken as the first offensive lineman taken? Because we know who it is. Dude's a bad man. Yeah. It's possible, right? He's the best one. Yeah, Quentin Nelson could wind up being the first. It's that not, dude is a bully. It wouldn't shock me. I, the good kind, not the kind that are plaguing America's schools. It wouldn't shock me. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Jonathan, Co- Jonathan, just say Jonathan Cooper went very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, number six. Uh, yeah. I, I compare, oh. I compare Quentin Nelson to Steve Hutchinson, who came out of Michigan a oh, while ago. Yeah. Yeah. You Poison remember Steve pill? Hutchinson? Yeah. That's who, that's, who, that's who Quentin Nelson kind of reminded me of. All right. Let's see here. Um, what other questions do we have that I can immediately spin negative? All right. Nathan, Nathaniel M33 asks, best pure pass rushers. Four three and three four. Maybe give me a couple on each side. Mel, I thought Bradley start? Chubb brought the bat. I love Bradley right. Chubb. Bradley Chubb gives you everything he has on every play. That's a rarity uh, to me, Todd. It begins with Bradley Chubb and it ends with Bradley Chubb as the elite pass rusher in this draft. Yeah, I would, I would tend to agree. I think Arden Key has the potential. What about Harold Landry? Where's he going to end up? I think he's. You know, he didn't, honestly, he didn't play as well as he he should have this year, and, and I, I can't tell if. If he's, he's kind of nicked up, and I know he had, he had some minor things. I don't know if that was the reason. Uh, I know Jim Reed, the defensive coordinator, is my head coach at Richmond. He absolutely loves him, swears by the kid, thinks he's the one of the hardest-working guys he's ever been around, and talks about his leadership and getting guys together to work out early in the morning and this and all those the great things that you look for. Uh, the tape wasn't as good as I was hoping for Landry this year, but he, you know, in years past, was unbelievably productive. So there's talent there. I don't think he helped himself a lot this year. Could slip a little bit, but he's certainly a player that may, you know that eventually could wind up outplaying where he he gets drafted. Cleland Farrell is a player who yeah. continues to ascend out of Clemson too. I wouldn't sleep on him at all. And Tremaine Edmonds uh, yes. is a heck of a because he can play inside or outside. And John Gruden always stressed out about man. height for inside guys. That's why he loves Zach Cunningham coming out. And Zach Cunningham had a great rookie year yep. for the Houston Texans. The height you normally don't see with inside linebackers will really disrupt quarterbacks. And Cloud he's the played inside and out. Tremaine Edmonds has great bloodlines with his father, who was a tight end at Maryland, who I scouted back in the day. Brothers, a brothers, freak at safety exactly. Too. But Tremaine. Edmonds, watch out for him as a versatile, multi-dimensional linebacker who could go a lot higher than people think. Length at inside linebacker it is so underrated. That, that's like the, the sneakiest big thing for like Brian Urlacher, why he's a Hall of Famer. He's just he was a six-five rangy dude in the middle of the field. It's just a huge window. All right, couple more. I haven't heard this one yet, and it's interesting. And I guess I'll preface it by saying I guess this means Eli Manning's coming back. If that's the case. And you want to punt on the idea of like Josh Rosen playing right away in the Big Apple. Ryan Garrity asks, is it worth it for the Giants to consider trading the number two pick and falling back in the draft for a top offensive tackle? Obviously, that's been a bugaboo with Flowers there for years. What do you think, uh, Todd? I, I don't know if I trust it, but the Giants actually, their offensive line the last couple of weeks of the season actually played well. Decently. No, played well. I don't know. Do you trust it? I I'm how many freaking picks can we spend on an offense on offensive line? But you got to get it fixed. I don't know if there's anyone in this draft though that I feel like Mal it's plug and play and we we've really solved the problem. 
I wouldn't do that. I, I think in terms of trading back, I mean, you're leaving away, you're leaving obviously off the table quarterbacks. You're, you know, you're saying that we don't want one of these quarterbacks and these quarterbacks are going to go very high. So if you say the big three, if you trade out of there, you're losing the big three. You're, you're kind of getting into the Baker Mayfield, Mason Rudolph area yeah. of the draft. I don't think you want to do that. These three quarterbacks obviously are having a high grade for a reason. I would think you would like one of the three. You may like all three, but I would think you'd like one of the three if you're the Giants. All right. Last question here. Should the Steelers draft a QB? I like that. Dennis Duncan asks, Schwitty Dennis asks, Todd, should the Steelers draft a QB? We heard all offseason, I don't know, Ben, do I want to come back or not? Figure you hear more of the same unless it involves a Super Bowl ring this offseason. What do you think? I think if if the right guy's there in the second, third round, yeah, I, I, I think, the, the, I think you have to address think, it. I don't know. Go what do you think about Joshua Dobbs? Doc? That's what I was just going to say. I don't know. I honestly haven't heard what they think of him. Obviously, he's taking so few snaps, and and it was training camp and, and practice a little bit here and there. But I, I really don't know. I think that plays into it because I, I think Dobbs has some upside. But I, I certainly, while I liked him a lot and thought he was going to be a value pick, I was only convinced that he could be a really good backup and potentially in the right situation a starter down the road. But I, I, I just don't know. That's a big key to it. And then are you? If you're getting to the third round, are you getting anything better than you already have in Dobbs? Right, right. that's what that's why I said Dobbs. Yeah, because right? you're getting the, the duplicate. You either forward. need you yeah. either need to pull a Chiefs or yeah, Chiefs is a good example because they have a, had a starting quarterback. This is obviously different because Ben is one of the, the elites, <laughs> but he could be gone next year. Yeah, so no, it's like this weird. It's like this weird gray area where you. Dobbs, you get a guy who we need another quarterback, but he's designed to not threaten you, starter. Or we go and get Patrick Mahomes, where this guy is here to threaten you, Alex. Right. I mean, it's just kind of this weird in-between zone. I tend to think Pittsburgh might be getting closer to that realm where Big Ben's got to hear somebody behind him. I mean, I can't imagine Ben playing more than two more years. Right. I guess is so. That's and if you, so, if you're in position or have an opportunity to go get the guy that can sit a year. But then if you go, if you give away all this stuff to go get him, I mean, I, I think honestly, if you love Baker Mayfield and how, somehow he's sitting there, then that makes sense. But I think you, if you're going to make a strong play, it's probably a year from now getting ready for what could be Ben's last year. I think the fun thing that's going to happen in this draft, Alex Smith is obviously, you know, he's an established name, but he's not in that Ben Aaron, you know, that club of guys that are, you know, the elite. I think maybe this is the year where a team trades up that has one of those guys. I don't know if it's going to be New England, but it could be one of those teams. You could see, like, the Steelers take a quarterback in the first round. I mean, just say, hey, we know it's it's obvious. I would think that Kevin Colbert and and, and Ben Roethlisberger have had conversations. Right. I, I would hope that, hey, this is my plan. It may change, but this is what I'm... You know, all right. We'll keep you know. Let us know and, and try not to go out in public and say it frustrated. Ver, you know, before we have a discussion, so that we're we're aware of what your plan is, because obviously they want him to finish out, and right. he's shown no decline. No, I just think that's the fascinating part of this draft. It could be a Baltimore, Mel. Yeah, Joe Flacco with the back, and you know, obviously there you go. Finally, a mention of the Ravens. I mean, the Chargers we had talked about last year. Would they take Deshaun Watson? They took Mike Williams, the wide receiver out of Clemson, passed on the heir apparent to Philip Rivers. So, what right. will they do? So, there's a lot of those teams that are kind of iffy that may opt in. If the Ravens, obviously, don't take, they're taking all offense. That's right. what they need. They went defense heavy last year. The Ravens draft this year will be offensive heavy. 
That's first draft for this week. Seth Markman's thrilled. We just pumped up this draft. Even the, the, there's teams that are bad that need quarterbacks, and then there's even the Chargers and Steelers and Ravens and a bunch of others that might need them anyway. It's going to be a quarterback year. Um, for Todd, Mel, I'm Chris. We're going to be doing this more often if we can settle on a time. And all our attorneys will be meeting afterwards to get that done. But uh, that's first draft for this week. Pretty soon it'll be Mel Kuyper and Todd on TV every night through the end of April. It's awesome for both of them. I'm really excited. I'm Chris. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening to First Draft. For more great podcasts, check out ESPN.com slash podcenter.